what do I want my life to look like as a youth pastor? Right. Like I was like thinking through, like I want to equip students to be able to lead. I don't want it to just be like, I get up and speak and then get off the stage and then kids go home and remember right. absolutely mm-hmm. nothing. Welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast, where we talk about the calling of youth pastors to equip students for the work of making disciples, moving teens from church attenders to disciple makers. Here are your hosts, Joel Friend and Jeremy Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We are so glad to have you here. How are you doing today, Jeremy? Uh, I'm good. It's sunny outside. It's cold, but it's sunny. It is so cold I'll take sunny and cold. Well, I'm glad that uh, Sophia is here with us today, Sophia Roll. Uh, and she is on staff with us at New Community Church, and she's our Associate Director of Student Ministries. And I'm excited that Sophia wore her coat out in the cold today because it took you up until last November to would be own a coat, like officially own a coat as an adult? <laughs> yes. Um, so it's kind of my brand. No, I'm just kidding. Right. Uh, no, I just didn't have like the money for coat. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Again, but literally, I just ministry pays a lot. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. They they pay me very well. Um, But I literally like I was like, oh, I'm fine without a coat. And then we were revving up for Laurelville, and I was like, I should probably get a coat. Yeah, I well, the first one we did it. The first one was in November. And she had to borrow a coat from somebody who happened to be at the church at the time we were yeah. leaving. It was our children's ministry director. She was like, do you need a coat? And I was like, yeah. And so, and then the next day, well, you got your coat from Goodwill? Yeah, $12. $12. Hey, yeah. That, that's, that's, a, that's a solid deal. I, I think, does anybody shop at Goodwill to shop at Goodwill in the sense of like, that's where their primary clothes come from? Or do people do it because of like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, no. I shop at Goodwill because it is the cheapest option, and I am a cheapskate. Okay. But I know some people do it for, like, the thrifting experience, but I'm not that person. I shop there purely because it is I go cheap. the week before Lauraville to get clothes that I don't right, want get back muddy. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and then, well, it. some people don't shop there because they think the Goodwill's the devil. Oh. I don't know. You ever meet those people? <sighs> mm-hmm. Got those people, too. So anyway, if you're still with us, we're having a great conversation. We're excited because, uh, well, two things that we wanted to talk about today. One is uh, the fact that uh, Sophia has just completed her first two years in youth, full-time youth ministry. uh, And uh, we uh, wanted to bring her on to kind of have a couple different perspectives in terms of like, you know, how was that experience? What did you learn about discipling kids? And, you know, how was that part of your own discipleship process? But we also thought it'd be really great to break the gender barrier here today on Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast uh, because Sophia is the first woman that we will have had on this episode. I'm proud of us breaking through that barrier. It only took us to, what, this is 19 episodes in? Mm -hmm. Yep, and so we've checked the box, and so no women will be on for the remainder of the existence of of this podcast. So, So, Sophia, let's start off by talking about you. I know that's your favorite thing. I love to talk about Is to talk about you. So uh, tell us a little bit. Tell the folks who are, tell the four people listening a little bit about yourself here today. Okay, so a little bit about me. I grew up in the North Hills area of Pittsburgh, uh, went to church most of my life, um, and met the Lord when I was probably like 11 at a kid's camp. And, you know, been falling over since. Uh, I decided I wanted to go into youth, well, decided, God called me. Right, right. Um, <laughs> into youth ministry when I was probably a sophomore in high school is when I realized. Um, and it was just, it was definitely a 
a call that God put on my life because before that I was like, I might want to be an engineer. I might want to be a doctor. I might. Oh, you be... want to make money, and then yeah. you were like, I don't want to make money. It was literally so that we'll go with the youth ministry route. <laughs> yeah, no, it was so funny because money was definitely something that I stressed out about. Sure. Like as a kid, for some reason, um, and I just remember like growing up, I was like, I want a job that will make money. Right. <laughs> and, and here I am and... shopping at Goodwill. <laughs> so, so I. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, like uh, youth ministry, I, you know, started off volunteering and then eventually started to do internships when I was in college um, at two different churches and and did some volunteering experience with uh, a local ministry that uh, like a parachurch ministry. What's it called? Uh, Young Life. Young Life. I don't okay, know if anyone's ever heard if of it. Anybody's heard of that. Yes. No, me. It's no. pretty pretty well known. I oh, would say. I, I, it's pretty I think it's well off known. the grid. Grid, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're in there. It's it's yeah. It's in its roots right <laughs> yeah, yeah. now. We'll see where it blooms from here. Yeah, so yeah. awesome. And how, so and that was your whole college career, which by the way, I'd like to point out was only three years. So she finished her. Mm. You finished your whole college degree yeah. in three years right yeah yeah so i i don't know how it happened but it sounds way more impressive than it actually well it was is. the first thing i said to her in the inter- her her first interview with us i said i took four years to finish college but on here it says you're doing it in three tell me more about what that. if i was just really bad at math and just oh right like, <laughs> what if it was a typo on your resume that would have been that, funny i didn't yeah. even think about that for a second but it was wow. it was cool. and she's been keeping up the the lie all this way yeah. this whole time you're like uh-huh, i want him to keep believing that yeah. yeah so that's awesome so you did that did you do young life all three years yeah yeah i did young life all three years so you that first year in college you the first semester you're supposed to do like leadership training it's called first year and so i did that for the first probably six months and then after that you get placed on a team and i got placed on a team uh out in the highlands high school area so Mm -hmm. that's natrona heights um go golden rams and uh (laughs) it took me a second to remember the high school but it uh yeah it was definitely it was a formative experience for me to work in a parachurch ministry um, because I'd only like really done volunteering in churches before them. So, so, uh, so sometimes when you go through the college experience and you get to that moment where you have to like make a decision for what your career is going to be. So you were pretty sold and set on like, I want to find a job at a church in a youth ministry. Was that kind of where you were at? Yes. I mean, I didn't really ever think about doing anything like what the Young Life people do um, yeah. because I, I feel like you know, church was really where I felt called to as, as far as youth ministry goes. Sure. Um, so yeah, I think there was like a brief period of time where I was like, maybe I would want to do something like that. Um, but I think, uh, probably my second year in college, I was like, no, I think, I think a church is where I'm called to. So. Now, well, yeah, go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. Well, and I was going to ask, cause, uh, one, I love that you corrected yourself and caught yourself and said that I chose versus called. Cause I think talking about calling is really important especially for those that might be listening who are considering youth ministry or questioning if it was the right decision at this point right now and and falling back on that calling. So what was that like to uh, come to a conclusion, come to a thought that this is where God is is leading me into ministry? How did that go? Ooh, so I was, uh, like I said, 10th grade, I started to volunteer at the church I I grew up at. um, And... I was a volunteer leader for the middle school girls and I remember I like really loved it yeah. and we went off to some summer camp type thing um, in the summer and at the end they were like and if anybody feels called into ministry and I remember like 
being like maybe that's maybe that's me yeah because up until that point i'd I'd honestly only thought that like men really got called into ministry, even mm. though I had a female youth pastor. Right, right, I think right. in my brain I was like, yeah, it's just some people do that. Right. Um, but I remember them saying that, and I was like, wait a minute, I think I think that's me because I realized um, when I started to volunteer um, that it was something that I was just good at, like yeah. hanging out with kids. I was sure. like, that's that came very naturally to me, and you know, I. I'd grown up in the church, so I knew a lot of the like Christianese language, but you know, I think for me, um, going to that summer camp and them being like, and if you, yeah, they did that sort of like call out, like, if you feel this way, right. stand up. And right. they were like, if you feel called into ministry, like feel free to stand up. And I, I just found myself standing up. Um, and it was one of those moments where I was like, I don't know if this is like what I want to do, but right. I feel like this is what God wants mm. me to do. Um, and then for the rest of my high school experience, it was a little bit of like, well, do I just feel like I should go into youth ministry? Is that actually where God's calling me? Cause I feel like, um, I tried to fight against it because I wanted to, honestly, I wanted to be in a stable, like financially stable right. career. <laughs> right. And, um, so I just, I kind of kept trying to find ways out of it, but, uh, I knew that that's where God wanted me to go. Well, I'm grateful for that, uh, <laughs> because of, uh, you coming to, uh, our church and you've done such a great job. Uh, these last two years, you know, uh, one of the things it, it just like dawned on me as I was as you were talking here, you know, sometimes what you see is you see uh, young people who are trying to get a youth ministry position. I mean, you were 20 years old when you were trying to come in to get mm -hmm. the youth ministry position. And so to most people, you go, wow, that person is incredibly green uh, in the sense of their their youth and all sure. those sorts of things. And so that I think for most people that ends up being uh, uh, kind of uh, not a red flag, but you know, you caution, uh, you, you kind of proceed with caution. Most people are looking for experience, like well, two well, years of well, experience. Here's, so or, here's so yeah. where here's where Sophia kind of started to take off from the rest of the pack, and she had a ton of experience. So mm. she put herself, she put herself, herself, uh, she put herself in a position where she was learning and growing and being able to come. You know, probably she didn't probably realize it at the time, but like when I looked at her resume, you know, one of her things was like, you said you were like, I know I'm, I know I'm young, yeah, you yeah. know, all those. I was like, yeah, but I've re I've realized that experience is experience, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. the important the important aspect of what you've been able to do these last couple of years is actually put yourself in a position to learn and grow. So if you're someone who's younger in trying to pursue youth ministry, like one of the most important things you can do is start to volunteer somewhere yeah. so that when the time comes for you to be you know handing someone a resume that they can see those things on there because i think sometimes what happens especially i mean if you're not going to like geneva college kind of requires you to mm -hmm. do that which is also a, a plus for you is like nobody told you because of a credit grade that you had to get a certain amount of hours mm -hmm. in order to meet your practicum so you could pass this this course mm -hmm. You did it because you love Jesus and you love students and you wanted to pour your time into that. Mm -hmm. So if you're a young person on here and you're trying to get a job in youth ministry, do not downplay the amount of experience that sure. you can get so that someday someone looking at your resume be like, wow, I know that they may be on the younger side, but my goodness, did they have a lot of years under their belt in this experience? Well, and it's two things then. You're getting that experience, but you're also, one, getting a mentored opportunity where you're learning from someone because in my role, I stepped into youth ministry and I was kind of mentored a little bit, but I didn't know what I was doing. Said before we started, I wouldn't hire me today if yeah. 2006 Jeremy came and applied for a job because I didn't know what I was doing. And so right. getting that experience of being in a church, yeah, that's huge. And and I think then it allows you also to have someone who can write you a good resume 
of what your life in ministry will look like. Yeah. Because that's not hard if you it's hard to do, I should say, if you don't have experience. Yeah, yeah. I think um, with experience in youth ministry, I'm really thankful for all the years I had volunteering mm. and, you know, not in a paid position because I, and I don't mean this to sound the way that it's going to sound, I, w- I was able to make a lot of mistakes. Mm. I was able to screw up a lot. Um, and for somebody to call me out on it, like my, like someone I really look up to, Jenna, who you guys both know and, and love, mm-hmm. um, she was my youth pastor. She called me out tons of times. <laughs> and I feel like being able to volunteer really allowed me that space to grow um, without that expectation of like, and granted, I'm in full-time ministry now and there's still no expectation for me to be perfect, but there's definitely more of a, well, a higher It depends standard. on your boss. Yeah. It depends on how great your boss is. So yes, but that's a good, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So just that, that idea that like being in a volunteer position allowed me to grow and make mistakes and mm. learn from those mistakes as opposed to like, just jumping in and, and having no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, so that, that may transition us into our, our, our kind of our first part of this conversation is the, you know, what are some of the highlights of what you've learned of in your first, you know, two years of full-time ministry? I know there's some things that you learned in your part-time season as well, and I'm sure it's a little different than your full-time season. What are some of the highlights from your first two full-time years? I think uh, some of the highlights for my first two years in youth ministry is just how healthy a staff can be. Not that any of the churches or parachurches that I I worked for uh, were super unhealthy, but it was just, I feel like one of my highlights is just being able to watch a staff love and grow together Mm -hmm. and um, to just be able to support one another well. Um, Granted, it hasn't always been easy, especially with COVID, but it's been really like that has been very um, uplifting for me. Um, another highlight of mine is just the way that we are able to equip students um, to disciple one another mm-hmm. and uh, to lead um, is something that I always admire in a church and something that I always, when I decided or like when I thought through like, what do I want uh, my ministry to look like? What do I want my life to look like as a youth pastor? Right. Like I was like thinking through like, I want to equip students to be able to lead. I don't want it to just be like, I get up and speak and then get off the stage and then kids go home and remember absolutely Mm -hmm. nothing. Right. Right. (laughs) And so, but it's, it's been really cool to watch uh, the students that we have just lead and um, serve one another in just such incredible ways. And so that's, that's some of my highlights. Yeah, it's good. I'd love to, you talk a little bit about, I totally forgot about this. So you, you had an uphill climb in terms of your settling into your job because about 40 days into your job, a, a global pandemic began. Mm-hmm. So we hired you February 1st of 2020, and then the world shut down mm-hmm. on March 13th of 2020. So what was that experience like for you? It was terrifying. I remember just when it when it started to like, everyone was like, okay, we're shutting down because of COVID. Yeah. Like, it'll be like two weeks. Remember that? Right. Um, and it's not two weeks. <laughs> yeah. when, when people question like, wait, we're not going to be in person for six weeks. We're like, yeah, we think we'll be good by then. And right. six mm-hmm. weeks came. We're like, oh gosh. <laughs> it's been two years. Um, but like, that was terrifying to me because everything yeah. I knew about student ministries revolved around that like in-person relational aspect. Yes. And having that taken away and it just becoming like a little bit more consumer based of like, like we talk about how online church sometimes can just feel like Mm. they're just consuming, consuming, consuming. Mm. Um, And I feel like for me, it was, I had to reevaluate everything I was doing. And we we talked about this. Mm -hmm. I think it was like one of the first couple weeks 
of COVID, we were like, we have to think through what is this going to look like? Um, so it was definitely terrifying. But yeah, it was one of those like, we have to choose what we really want to value in our ministry because mm -hmm. we have this unique time to, to do it. So and I thought we worked well together through that. Um, I just remember that first night of doing the online. It was like, I hate every second of yeah. this. Yeah. It was just well, so hard. I, I wonder uh, if anyone listening uh, would love to, we'd love to hear from you. If you've been through some of this as well, maybe you started a new church, because I'm sure that there's someone who started at a new place um, by themselves even. At least you had the, the, the grace and the... And the be able to come on staff with Joel so you weren't by yourself. I can't imagine what it would be like to start mm -hmm. in youth ministry, either your first position or a new position, and then a pandemic hit. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at disciplemakingym at gmail. Have we really heard from anybody, Jeremy? No, we've never heard from anyone. <laughs> I'll start emailing um, you guys. <laughs> or so in episode can, nine of season two. Hey, who knows? Maybe someone wants to talk. Also, you can check out our website. <laughs> you have a website? We do have a website. We do have a website. Um, I still owe you money for that, by the way. DM, <laughs> DMYMpodcast.com. I remember that. DMYMpodcast.com. It's good. It's a nice website. It is. Uh, it's updated. has the new stuff up there now. Um, but in all seriousness, these are the conversations we'd love to be able to have with people because I think there are some stories and things that can be learned, like what you're saying, is stepping into a pandemic and learning how to do relationship alongside everything else is tough. Um, what were maybe some of the other things other than pandemic related that you kind of went, whoa, I wasn't I wasn't ready for this. I thought I knew ministry coming in. That's but, a good question. Because I think you have the experience coming into a position, but at the same time, it's, it's different once you're the one in that seat. Yeah. So what are some things that maybe brought you back or you fumbled the ball on or <laughs> there's so many things i'm sure um, hey it, where it do happens. i begin no, i didn't no. ask you Joel. no you didn't <laughs> ask me. no i think uh with starting youth ministry and and um all that stuff i think i was really well prepared by my boss and mentor and mm. youth pastor jenna mm -hmm. um all of the all of the above right um she prepared me well for all of the administrative stuff and you know i knew how to hang out with students and that all to me was like okay got this under my belt something I really needed to work on um, was speaking because <laughs> for me, like mm -hmm. I remember, you know, the church I grew up at, the church that I primarily spoke at um, in their youth ministry, I felt comfortable there. So it felt natural to me. I thought I was just naturally good at speaking. Um, mm -hmm. And I think to an extent I am, um, but it made me realize like, I need to actually work on my talks a little bit more than I thought I did um, because I'd get up there and I'd feel so nervous. And I, I had to like work through that within myself. Another mm -hmm. aspect that I like definitely kind of took me by surprise was just how many meetings with parents I have to do. I don't know why. In my brain, I was like, yeah, students. I, I, lo I love hanging out with students. Right. And I was like, oh yeah, the parents. Yes, yes, I have to talk to moms. And, um, <laughs> and I remember the first mom I met with, her name is Becky. She's the most wonderful woman on the planet. Yeah. Um, she was so loving and kind and awesome and really just um, so complimentary towards our youth ministry. Yeah. Um, and that was my first experience, like really like meeting with and establishing a relationship with a parent and then the pandemic hit. So, you know, that was really good. <laughs> um, but just there were a couple of things that I think, even though I, I knew how to, um, you know, email people, I knew how to use CCB and, and all right. that stuff. Like, I feel like there were just little things here and there, like meeting with parents or 
you know, really prepping for a talk that my brain just completely was like, oh yeah, no, I have to put in effort for these parts. Yeah, so when you're when you are in a volunteer role, you kind of have a niche thing that you end up doing, and most mm. of the time it's that relational piece. Mm. Versus then when you're in a role like the other, you know, you take on all of these other roles. Not only you admin, but you're also the communicator. You're also mm -hmm. the uh, you're the marketing person. You also have to lead worship if you mm -hmm. have like. Like, you know, one of the mistakes you made was telling me that you play guitar and sing, mm -hmm. right? So then all of a sudden you're recruited into that. Uh, Lee, who is the newest guy on staff, he has communicated he does neither of those things. <laughs> and so we don't have an expectation as, as you're nodding your head here uh, viciously. Uh, but, uh, and neither can I. Um, I've been up right, in front. Right, and right, it's right. So well. it's one of those yeah. like, okay, so, you know, I think sometimes... Not that, not to say you did this, but I think sometimes what uh, you know, younger people coming in the ministry do is they they have in their mind what the like what okay, youth ministry is like X Y Z, but it's actually like A through Z, right? You you show up and you go whoa, like I I didn't realize there was all of this and in, in the responsibility of like leading kids to camp. Ooh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd led a couple camp trips before, but never as the actual like the point right. person. The point person. It's exhausting, isn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I can't wait until I'm retired and I'm an old man and I'm just a volunteer in someone's youth group. I'm going to love going to camp then. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So like, yeah. and let me tell you how you're doing it wrong no, there, Sonny. No, I, I will yeah, not. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, well, and and, and that, that's a great question. What, what advice would you maybe have for someone who is in those first two years, something that you maybe wish you had told yourself sooner Something That's a great that, question. Yeah, because I think that as we're thinking about advice, um, again, the types of people that are listening to this are looking for people, how to disciple people better, but also someone who's probably clicked on this has said, yeah, I'm in my first two years. This could connect with me. Right. What's maybe some advice to give to someone in that spot? I would say my best advice would probably to come in it with humility um, because I think uh, and be able to be corrected because I think uh, those first two years sometimes you can come in even with like like I volunteered before then I came in and I was like I kind of know what I'm right doing. right yeah. and like you know you don't and so mm. I feel like those first two years you really have to be able to accept that correction accept that uh, guidance from people who are older than you so seeking out like mentors or a pastor or like just someone to help you along um, was really important for me. Like even just having people you can bounce ideas off of because otherwise you're just like, you're in an echo chamber of like, yeah, of course I'm doing everything perfectly. Mm -hmm. Like you need someone to tell you like, hey, no, what you did right here, that was wrong and you could do this instead. Um, so just that being able to be corrected and making sure that you have mentors or a pastor in place to to guide you alongside that, so. That's awesome. I think it's yeah, cool. I, I think that's, and if you don't have that, find a network yes. of, of youth like. pastors. <laughs> yes. And be, because that's, we've talked about that before, but this idea of uh, finding colleagues as well, it's not that we want to steal each other's ideas and, and compete for kids and know, but being alongside other youth pastors who are doing things, I can't tell you how many times Joel and I have sat across from each other, had conversations, and I'm thinking in the back of my head, well, I'm going to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's just not necessarily you sitting here giving me advice, but when you start having conversations of what others are doing in ministry, and if you're doing this alone, don't do it alone. But also that you're also open to trying new things in youth ministry yeah. too. Yes, yeah. definitely. Cause I was definitely like, 
I had been mostly a part of outreach ministries, which mm -hmm. outreach, like it works for some people. For us, like we're more discipleship minded, not that we don't reach out to kids, but like, you know what I mean? Um, and I feel like for me coming into a ministry that was less about games and skits and upfront stuff yep. and, and more about, you know, relational one-on-one -on -one ministry with kids uh, definitely was an adjustment for me. But I will say about like, having a connection of youth pastors, it's so funny because I feel like when you're not in youth ministry, like fully, like when I was just a volunteer, I always thought that youth pastors were like in competition with one another, but our like youth pastor network is so like supportive, like PKF, yeah. I think we can plug them, right? Yeah, they were on the, they were yeah. on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Jack and Roger. There you go. Um, but like, I feel like that to me, like being in those meetings, it's so supportive and so loving and you get to bounce ideas off of one another, right. which is so like, I have a friend, Allison, who, who no longer works at a church, but she used to, and we used to meet up and we'd just be like, Hey, what are, what are you doing? Um, and can right. I steal that idea? Um, but yes, you know, like yes. just, and it that. goes the other way too. You need that person to say, Hey, it's not working help. Mm -hmm. Um, cause there's, we've all had those nights in youth ministry where we've worked hard for something and it's fallen flat and, my wife doesn't want to talk about that, <laughs> and and I don't want to sit there and and vent there. <laughs> right. And, yes. And yeah. uh, but to be able to have those conversations, especially early in youth ministry, um, and as I think back on my own time in early youth ministry, it was getting connected to the PK and at that time now PKF, and just having those conversations around coffee of how do you do confirmation class? How do you get? parents to fill out forms for a trip how do you like some of the things <laughs> yeah, right. that like i had never thought of i had never done youth ministry before i got hired to do youth ministry mm -hmm. um my youth pastor was my dad my sunday school teacher was my mom like it's <laughs> i don't <laughs> nice. i don't i didn't have a context of what youth ministry even could be so uh yeah getting that that's a plug don't do this alone um and that's in many ways and as you said joel before you came here, you didn't know there was a network. You're like, I'm going to start my own. Yes. Like you can start your own network if yeah. there isn't one that exists. Yeah, that, that was a funny story. Um, but I wanted to piggyback off something you were saying earlier about discipling kids. So like you've had, you've had these two years in full-time ministry to go through the process of helping kids to be discipled. Could you share a little bit about like that experience? You know, what have you learned about discipling students overall? Oh, what have I learned? Um, I feel like these past two years it's been so cool because like we actually this past year so not this year but the year before my like uh first like full right, like yes. school year yep. youth in full-time youth ministry we had this group of like 12th grade girls who were just so solid yep. um all of our other kids are solid too but like <laughs> but like those kids i think of that and that was like the perfect way to start off right a full-time youth ministry because like discipling them was like easy mm -hmm. but um <laughs> but as far as discipling goes like i feel like one of the things i've definitely learned about discipling is just this aspect of like you got to put in the hours mm -hmm. um even when you don't feel like it we were talking about how so sometimes people will be like well i'm done at five o'clock and that's just not how youth ministry works like i'm you're kind of i don't want to be like you're on the clock 24 7 mm -hmm. but it's a little bit of like you have to put in the time and the effort and get to know these kids and have a personal relationship with them before you can ever hope to like disciple them, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I feel like for me, one of the things that I've definitely been um, convicted of, uh, like especially when I first started out, 
was this idea of like, I can't lead kids where I have not gone. Mm. So I can't be like, you guys need to read your Bible every day and then be like, but I'm not doing it. Like (laughs) that's Mm. not, I cannot disciple kids if I am not being discipled. Mm. I cannot lead kids if I'm not being led. So like just this idea of being able to put in the effort for my own discipleship in order to disciple other others. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff. I, uh, I think, I think when we come in, it takes us a little, maybe that lonely feeling we have. And then, and then I think there was parts of me when I was younger, when I also felt like, well, I could do this by myself. And then very quickly finding out you can't. So I think that can help with the process to get to that place where you go, okay, like I need more people. And that accountability structure too, I think is a part of that. We talked, I think we talked about that with Paul, the importance mm-hmm. of accountability. Um, so yeah, that, that just kind of, uh, rang, uh, rang true for me in my, my first couple of years. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I, I didn't have that either, and and it wasn't until the last six or seven years between uh, Lee being on staff with us and getting to work alongside him, and now you get to, I'm jealous. Um, and <laughs> he should awesome. be. And I, I, I miss that guy. But um, I'm glad we're neighbors, and we're going to be hanging out more. But, and then bringing on Kaylin, former student, to be on staff, and to be able to work alongside someone who's on staff versus re- relying on, on volunteers who you love and you care for. But like you said, they don't live, sleep, and breathe it, and I'm not asking them to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but having that person to, to talk with, to, to vision with, to have tell you, no, that's a bad idea, and you trust them enough to go, yeah, you're probably right. Um, man, that is so essential for what we do in our context um, and I know that's not going to fit for everyone listening to have that, mm-hmm. but again, and it might be harping on this a little bit too much, find then a volunteer who can be that with you um, that is more than just a, a colleague or something who's in the trenches with you at your church, whether that be your senior pastor, uh, we just talked about senior leadership on our last podcast episode, or whether that be a network, we've already said that, or that be one of your trusted volunteers, you have to find that. Don't do this by yourself. Yeah, yeah. it takes a village is, is yeah. the mentality of youth ministry and discipleship. You can't, I can't do it all on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I can meet with kids every hour of every single day and it still wouldn't be enough. We need, like, you need your volunteers, you need your senior leadership to pour into those kids. Um, so Then why is it that when we look at so often church's view of youth ministry, when you look at job descriptions and what churches are looking for in a youth pastor is this person who can do it by themselves. And but, yeah, and, the, the do it all kind of individual. Yeah. I think like it, what's funny is even if I look at our, if I look at your job mm-hmm. description, which I wrote, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to be overwhelming for somebody who's maybe not seen it before. And obviously you have to say yes to those sorts of things. And then there's all these things that kind of happen along the way. So you want to communicate. So it feels like you're asking for a person who can do it all. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I, it just depends on how you're, you're structured too. I think we have a very unique structure mm-hmm. um, and it, shot, it just got even more unique, but I think even better. So I think in most churches, they operate in the capacity of like you have a high school pastor, middle school pastor. And then there's other people who you have like um, you have the director of student ministries and then you have maybe an associate tor- tor- sort of person. I don't know if that's that often that's done that way. And I think what we have is what, what we had at the before we hired you was this director uh, person who kind of did everything 
uh, and then we hired an associate person. And the, the thing that happened with uh, our position is the fact that we had a female person there, mm-hmm. and then that person left, and then we took on another female person. So what we created for our structure was that there was a guy for the guys and a girl for the girls. And, and where we're at right now is, I think, in the best possible place with that, because me moving out of my role into the overseeing role, now we have one person who's designated for female ministry, and then we have one person that's designated for male ministry, and it's clear. Like, we have a, a friend of ours who they just recently hired a middle school person, and they happen to be a woman who's the middle school person in title. But then I said, but does she go to all the high school things, too? And he goes, yeah. I said, that's not fair, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not fair to her. To the, and and, and it, not to be too, you know, this is sometimes how churches work, is the like, but they're paying her for doing the middle school job. Mm-hmm. But she's doing high school too. And that's how you create burnout, is when yes. you like, when you set these expectations so, so high, but like give them this title of like, oh, you're just, the, you're just the middle school director, but you also have to be at every single high school thing. Like, yes. And like, that's not the only example of that, but just this idea of expecting so so much out of one person is how you get people who leave, leave youth ministry after two years. Well, and and what you also get is someone who can't focus on discipleship. Like if you're doing that, mm-hmm. then you're going to make it about all these other things instead of actually the goal of making disciples. And I think when I look back on my first two years. I was caught up in so much of what I thought youth ministry was mm-hmm. that I wasn't actually doing ministry. Mm-hmm. I was I was an event event planner right. for a bunch <laughs> of middle school and high school kids and and I did a pretty good job of that. Uh, but that's not what youth ministry should be. That's not what we see outlined in scripture of what it means to make a disciple. And so as you're considering this 2 years and as I'm reflecting back on mine cuz it kind of puts us there figure out you and youth ministry what you're going to focus on and if you're listening to this podcast you probably have already agreed you want to start focusing on disciple making um make sure that that's reflected in what you actually do uh what your job description looks like what your time looks like we've talked about that in other podcast episodes but um i think that's really important because it can be easy overwhelmed if you're starting in a new place or your first few years in ministry Sometimes it's a whirlwind. You don't get a chance to even think about that stuff. Yeah, and we're what's funny too is we're on this like if you were to look at a, a book on like um, healthy sizes for churches and how many staff people you need, we're like right on the cusp mm-hmm. of yeah. so like sustainable youth ministry talks about like if you have like fifty to seventy, you need one one staff person for that per. When you get a, beyond that, then you need two staff. Yeah. We we actually are in the realm where we. Some people would say we technically only need one staff person. Could you imagine being hired as a new person in your first two years and doing not only what you're doing right now, but everything that I'm doing too? Oh, I would cry every the, day. Yeah. So, the pain that I just watched so, wash over your face. So if you're a senior leader, like, you know, one way to avoid burnout for your people is, you know, do you, don't expect them to do everything, especially if you have the budget and the personnel or, you know, go through that process of hiring another person to be able to offload that. I think, I think part of the reason why you've been able to stay afloat for so long is because you're not doing so much more on top of that. Uh, And why I think moving forward, you and Lee will be able to do very well Mm -hmm. is because you guys know what your areas of responsibility are and you know what you share together, but you can dream together and it's not all on one person to be able to do that. 
that. You share the load. Yes, and I think that that is so important because I feel like people, and by people I mean church leaders, can sometimes get this idea of like the burnt out youth minister who leaves after two years, like, oh, they just weren't in it, their heart wasn't in it, they weren't cut out for youth ministry. But no, most of the time it's just that they're not well equipped and that they don't have the resources and they don't have the time to pour into 70 plus students every single week. Like. If it was just me, I would be burnt out. Mm -hmm. But luckily, we have a great system in place and we have a great structure in place so that, you know, I can feel supported, Lee can feel supported, you can feel supported. Like, I think that that is so important to prevent that burnout in youth ministry that happens in those first, like, two to three years a lot of the time. So so for the person that could be there in that burnout season right now, um, we've we've given some, some pointers and things we do to get out of that, but I'd also just highly encourage you um, to talk to your senior leaders about what discipleship should look like for your church. Because if your church is not fully bought into what youth ministry can be, then of course you're not going to have that support. You're not going to have that ability to add a staff person or things like that. But if, if you're someone who's looking at the church and saying, how do we build up the big C church more? It's by making disciples who make disciples. And statistics show that more people come to faith or make a decision about faith prior to turning 18 than any other time. And so youth ministry is vital to the building of the big C church. And so if churches are serious about kingdom work coming to fruition in this next generation, you got to make it a priority in your budget. Um, And if you feel that your church isn't a church that's doing that, have some conversations about why, why that that can be. And that might then be able to get you the help that you need if you're feeling really stuck where you are. Yeah, yeah. I think talking to your senior leadership is such a great point that I think people don't think about because it's like, I don't know, for our church, maybe I'm just lucky because I love our senior leadership. Like our pastors are great. Um, You're great, Joel, because you're now a senior leader. He was Um, waiting for it. Yes, he did. Thank you. I needed that validation. I know that for some people, like that feels scary because it's like, you know, some people are part of like mega churches. Like you don't really know your senior pastor all that well. Like I know Mark super well. Yeah. Um, Well, super well. I know him well. Well And like, I just feel like if you want to see change and you want your uh, youth ministry to be more discipleship oriented, talk to your senior leadership. Well, isn't that one of the the big, I haven't read the book in a while, but <laughs> Doug Field's book, Two Years in Youth Ministry, talking yep. about getting on page with senior leadership is a big part of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I mentioned that on here before, and I think that's such a crucial book. And it was funny as you and I, that was the very first book you yes, and I went was. through together was the first your first two years in youth ministry. So, you know, the other thing I was just thinking through too is like, I think sometimes it's also the culture of your church that can determine that too. Mm. Like imagine you set up a structure where it's like very office business oriented and then you trying to like, you have to like schedule a meeting with your senior pa- That feels just so Scary. not organic. <laughs> like it, do- it doesn't feel like it's a culture. It feels like it's a culture of hierarchy rather than like of leadership where we're all in this together. Like I, I can... You know, I can go into Mark's office anytime I want. Now, in my role, yeah, like I, I felt like I can do that. I should be able to do that now. Um, but like you should feel like you should be yeah. able to do that. And then, you know, anybody new would feel like, yeah, I can totally go talk to Mark about anything because he's opened. 
his personality is kind of a, like a, a very social guy. He really loves hanging out with people, cares about people. And, and so when you have that in your culture and people seeing you as a senior leader in that way, it actually shapes your office and it shapes how things are. So you feel like you got access to your senior leader versus I think sometimes you just get this chain of command that you have to go to uh, in order to express certain things, which I think there, there, there's a time for that. But if you really need pastored by your senior pastor, like go to your senior pastor. I mean, that's what he, he's there for too. I know that's been uh, true of me. So one last question as we wrap up is, I think one of the things that we can talk about on this podcast a lot is the, um, you know, the, the giving end of discipleship towards students and families. What have you learned in your first two years of your own discipleship? What has God taught you in these first two years of your own, in your own discipleship process? I think I've learned how important community is, um, which it's funny, our church is new community New community church, church Wexford, PA. Yeah, we exist to make disciples, disciples who, who live in love, love like Jesus, who know him, grow up in him, and go out for him. Boom! <laughs> wow! Anyways. Knuckles. <laughs> That's well, impressive. Good. Thank you. I'm glad one of you didn't get it wrong. You'd have oh, to be fired. No, that's right. <laughs> so Mark bad. would be so proud <laughs> yeah, that we would. said that in sync without yeah. notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but anyways, like that idea of community is just so important. And I feel like I've grown so much in these first two years of, of student ministries, mm. like full time. Um, not just, you know, in my role as a uh, associate director of student ministries, yeah. but also just as a as a follower of Jesus, um, because I feel like our church uh, sets us up well in that sort of discipleship process where like I have a young adult small group that I go to every yes. Wednesday night and I'm actually hanging out with some of those ladies tonight probably yeah. if we don't cancel we might cancel but anyways right. um, <laughs> anyways but like just this idea of making sure that you have people around you who love you and support you and can help you to grow um, and call you out when necessary. Like, I think that that is so important. So these first two years, what I've learned about discipleship is just that importance of community. Cause I remember coming on staff, like I was, I was the designated young person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still am the, not as young, but yeah, sometimes you, but, you get that role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there weren't, I mean, I love our church, but it wasn't like, you know, we didn't have that many young people coming to our church, like as far as like, I think I was the second second youngest person until you showed up. Yeah, yeah, and and so like for me, community was something that I was just longing for, especially in the midst of COVID. Of like, I felt crushed by mm. that sort of like doing this on my own. I didn't realize how much I needed community because I'm I'm introverted, um, but I'm not that introverted, I guess. Right. Because I really like that being in community and being able to meet with people every single week and and being able to grow and love people and serve people like that um, has helped to grow me as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, you know, you you did something I think could be unique for some people. There's a phrase that I've heard someone say. It's like the moment you start working for the church is the moment you stop going to one. Mm -hmm. And I think that you you being committed to what is happening within the body of our church community, I think, is really was really good. And even you as a young person, too, I think when you came into our church, uh, at that time, I think we were on the like sort of middle age end. Mm-hmm. But since you've been here over these last two years, the young adult community has grown. And I think part of that is also your commitment to it. So I think what you're and you and I've talked about this, what you're looking out, uh, looking for out of that community is not that you can lead it, but that you can be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such an important aspect of this, because sometimes when we work for a church, we feel like we're always on. Um, and, uh, and what I hope for you and that in, 
as we move into the future is that you can continue to feel as though that you can just show up to it and be at it and be led by it. Yes, yeah, yeah. You actually, that always on phrase, you actually said that in a staff meeting once. I remember you like were teary-eyed as I was. you said it. It was tough. Um, where you're like, I just feel like I'm always on on Sunday mornings. And I related to that. And I think I cried too. Anyways, it was Everybody an emotional cried. That's staff how you know meeting. it's working. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but like just this idea of like, you know, as people who work in ministry, as people who work for a church, you need someone to pour into you because yeah. otherwise you're just spinning your wheels in the dirt. Like I just, I so need that community. I so need to be poured into and I can't just lead all the time or else I'm not going to be led. And like I said before, like I can't lead if I'm not being led. Mm. So anyways. Well, that's awesome. This was really good. Yeah. Thank you for having this was, me, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Jeremy, you want to wrap us up, even though I'm the one already talking? Yeah, I would be glad to. Well, <laughs> Sophia, thanks for thanks for coming on. It really was great to get to know you more. Um, I'm excited for what you guys have going on. I hope and pray that uh, things continue in the direction that they're going. All you listening, if you're still here, we love you too, and we're praying for you. We hope and pray that this has been a blessing to you. Um, whether you're in your first two years of youth ministry, whether you're a parent who's just listening or whatever, um, we just appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Disciple Making Youth Ministry Podcast. We sure do hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe wherever it is you consume your podcast. We hope you have been encouraged by what you have heard and you're ready to jump into the hard work of disciple making. Catch you on the next one.